Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go on a Thursday podcast as we are working our way towards the end of the week. Al Dukes, what is up, man? Oh, hello there, Jerry. Um, I don't know if you're an HBO subscriber, but I want to put this out there for anybody who does subscribe to HBO. They put out, for whatever reason, this month in particular, this month and maybe a little bit last month, they were banging out a couple of these documentaries all in a row. Right. Which is nice because if you want to try out HBO, you could do like a trial and, you know, watch all of these documentaries. Yeah. But there's a cool documentary. It's I, I'm not done with it yet, but it's called Baby God. Okay. It's about this fertility doctor. I believe it was like the 1950s. Right. Where he was, uh, you know, women were coming in. Uh, at that time, you know, women, when they were turning like 20, 21, 22, they were they really wanted to have babies yep. back then. You know, that's when everyone was having babies. Sure. So there would be women that were coming in that were having trouble getting pregnant. And what this guy was doing unbeknownst to them is he was giving them his semen. Oh God. Because the doctor, I guess, you know, there are people that are defending the doctor saying that back then the doctor was trying to help these women get pregnant and that, he would assume, I guess, that when they were coming in, the problem getting pregnant was the man's sperm. Oh, boy. Because if it wasn't the man's sperm, then his sperm wasn't going to get them pregnant either. You know what I'm saying? Like That's it was, a very it was, good point, sure. So he didn't see it at the time as it was a bad thing. He saw it as these women were desperate to have baby, babies and start a family, that he would help them do that. So supposedly what he was doing is he was mixing the the husband's sperm with his sperm. <laughs> and this went on for decades. So how and do you, then Oh my god. And then comes along ancestry.com 23 and me. Wow, that's how they figured it out. And someone sends away for a kit and finds that they have 25 half brothers and sisters. 50 half brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's how it got found how, out. So how many total women did he impregnate with himself um, they haven't given an they haven't i haven't gotten to that part of the documentary yet is he still alive he is not he's passed but Boy. he's got two adopted daughters that really are sticking up for him well as if yeah. like listen we it was a different mindset back then a doctor did everything they could to help their patients this was a way that he could help his patients. No one thought about genealogy back then. No one was thinking about DNA. It didn't exist as far as, you know, tracing families and that sort of thing. But it is pretty remarkable the amount of people they caught up with that look, they all have this guy's nose. Are they? Are people crushed? A lot of people are upset. Yeah. Some people less so. 
Okay. Because, you know, there's certain people that, like, well, this was part of God's plan for me. As right. bizarre as that is, I would have never have had my son, my daughter, and right. they are who they are partially because of this doctor. Wow. That is bizarre. One woman was very funny because there are still mothers alive. Yeah, sure. They're old, but there's mother, you know, because the kids are like 50 years old. Right. They got to be in their 70s and 80s now. Yeah, but there was one mother in particular who's old, and she actually had a sense of humor about it. She goes, You know what? She goes, My son uh, was very smart, uh, was very good in science and math, went to medical school as a doctor now. She goes, And we used to say all the time, I'm not very bright. My husband's not very bright. <laughs> Where'd he come from? <laughs> Where'd he come from? <laughs> it was actually fun. Like she had a good sense of humor about it. You that know, is funny. The, the chaos. Wow. But then he, here's where I shut it off last night as a cliffhanger. Here's one problem, though. One woman that they caught up with had a baby from this doctor that she didn't find out about till many years later and had not previously had sex. She believes he put the sperm in her while he was doing a regular gynecological exam on her. She was not in there that she was not in there to have a baby. She was in there for a checkup. That's a rough one. That's a problem. Not that the other ones aren't a problem. No, but could you imagine the girl's twenty one, twenty two? She's pregnant back then. You go tell your parents. Yes. But I swear to you, I didn't have. I mean, oh my god, that ruins her life with her family. And supposedly this doctor did this until he was in his 70s. So he, in his 70s, was impregnating women in their 20s. Oof. So there's got to be just hundreds of children yeah. out there. And they're all trying to get, you know, trying to find each other now and figure out what went down. But That is something. Who comes up with this stuff? My God. Yeah, it's God. called Baby God. Check it out. You know what's you. scary when something like this happens? Yeah. He got caught. Right. How many others did this and didn't get caught or did certain things that come out, but people don't get caught? Yeah, I think about the the 23andMe and Ancestry.com now, all the different things that this is going to pop up. More and more people keep doing it. You know, you'll find, you know, fathers that had affairs. Yeah, right? sure. Because you know, you're going you're gonna to pop up with a half sibling. Yeah. Like they, that was, I mean, to go back, what you'll hear in the warm up show coming up, we talked about the Sammy Hagar interview with uh, Dan Rather. Yes. And Dan Rather point blank asked him, Are you worried about people coming and finding you? And his answer was, Well, because I'm 70, however old at the time, because no one's come after me yet. Yeah. And he also talked about how careful he was. I don't believe that for a no second. Chance. But um, it is interesting, though, that no one has come to him, and yet these right. things are out there. I don't know. Wow. But how specific is it? So, like, if Sammy Hagar has had his relations with a woman back in 1999. Right. And she's got a 21-year-old kid now, and they do the, the 23andMe thing. Does it, it doesn't say you're, you know, you're from Sammy Hagar, does it? No, but what would happen is, is let's say Sammy Hagar's daughter. He's got, he's got other kids. Right. So if Sammy Hagar's daughter shows up as a half-sibling to this person... But the name would show up as a half sibling. Um, well, you can. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I, I think you can be private on there. Yeah. But it would pop up that you have a half sibling, and then I guess you could start investigating can, at that. point. You can reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very interesting. Wow. Yeah. That is something. Pretty cool. So it's called a baby god. I also see, and this is good news for me because I'm a big fan of the Jackass movies. Right. They have not done one in nine years, a Jackass movie, but they're filming Jackass 4 right now. And I see already that Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville have landed in the hospital. Oh, wow. Must have been some prank. (laughs) Jerry, the stunt was. Oh, you (laughs) know. Because I read up on it, yeah. They put treadmills on as fast as they could go. Okay. The treadmills, okay. And then they were playing... (laughs) the tuba and hopped on oh god (laughs) so my guess is they face planted right into a tuba oh man who thought that's a good idea i don't know you lose you end up breaking your jaw lose your teeth Uh, yeah wow i'm interested it's funny now like they're older dudes now you know what do you think their life and what do you think their uh their medical insurance cost i don't know it's gonna be crazy you got to fill out the application so what do you guys do well we harm each other for (laughs) our, our careers yeah, what will you guys be doing today? Well, we're going to set a treadmill on as fast as it'll go, and then we're going to jump on while blowing a tuba. That's stupid. 
They're, they're lucky really they don't stupid. die from some of these stunts. Yeah. Wow, that's oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, so I'll be in, it's supposed to come out in July. Okay. Let's hope coronavirus doesn't keep it from us, Jerry. I think we're going to be okay by July. I actually, you know, for the first time, actually feel like we're we're getting there. As bad you as do. things are. Yeah, I do. With, I the, do. Uh, I, with the vaccine? I think with the vaccine, number one, um, I think, you know, January and February are going to be awful. But I think February, I'm really hopeful things are going to start easing up a little bit because here's my hope. As more and more elderly people get the vaccine and as more and more, you know, hospital workers and doctors and all them start getting the vaccine, I'm hoping that the death rate comes way down. Right. And I do believe once that happens, things kind of ease up. You know, it's kind of like, all right, you got a, a thousand people get the get the coronavirus. One dies. Right. OK. I mean, that's unfortunately that's with everything out there. So I'm just hopeful that the vaccines work. They take hold, and within eight, nine weeks, we start to see a real difference. Because if that's the case, then we're running down the mountain. Right. And if not, oh, God, I, I, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Now I hear Craig and Evan talking. Craig saying that he's going to be doing a, a Labor Day show, Labor Day Memorial, Memorial Day show from DJs. That's when he thinks he'll be, he'll, he thinks we'll be ready to go with a Labor Day, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Labor Day, Memorial Day start of sh- summer show at DJs in well, Belmar. I hope that's the case. For Carton and Roberts. I hope we are. I if hope we're so not, too. I mean, oh my gosh. I'm talking about end of February, so that would line up perfectly. Yes. You know, if we can start having crowds together again in May, I mean, I mean, I'd like a little earlier than that personally, but I would sign up for that right now. Me too. May 1st, we can start doing things and going to games again. And, and even if there are certain protocols put in place, so what? Just to be able to get out and not be looked at like you're you know, an alien. Right. Would be nice. Would be so. very nice, Jerry. And I'm used to the mask. The mask does not bother me one bit. Yeah, I've really gotten used to it as well. You know, I you know it's it's going fine. Stores. And, and I was impressed too with the flying I did this weekend, going through Dulles um, and Cincinnati, the two airports. Not one person wasn't wearing one. No issues on the planes. It seems like people are like adhering to it. Yeah, yeah. I so. think more and more people are doing it, and they're getting dirty looks if they don't do it. Listen to yeah. this dog, Jerry. I think the dog's got to go out. Listen to her. She's trying to tell us something, Jerry. There's yeah. a there's a child stuck in a well. No, she wants to go out and make. <laughs> How's that working out for you? I have another story, though. Oh, wait, I got, I'm not going anywhere. You'll I hold gotta, it down there, whimsy girl. I have to go snow blow a driveway as soon as snow we're done. Blow. As soon as I'm done with the 11 o'clock update. All right. Pete Davidson, you know who he is, Jerry? Actor, I know comedian. the name for sure. Where's he from? He's, uh, he's actually from, uh, he's a stand-up comic. He's on Saturday okay. Night Live. Oh, Saturday Night Live, yes. I know who he is, and, yes. And uh, he's from Staten Island. Yep, I Famously from is. Staten Island. Yep. Well, he is, he's got a lot of tattoos, Jerry. Like, if, if you ever saw a shirtless photo of him, he's got a lot of tattoos on his chest, his arms, this sort of thing. He is in the process of having them all removed. All of them? All He Why? wants them all gone. He just doesn't want them anymore. And he doesn't want to cover them up. He wants them all gone. That's what a process. Painful. It no? says they have to burn them off. Yeah, how painful is that going to be? I don't What's know. What's his skin going to look like? I'm not sure. He said like it's going to take hours and hours for each individual tattoo. Wonder what happened in his pain. life that all of a sudden doesn't want any of them. Yeah, doesn't want any of them. Maybe See, they were ta- all old relationship related. Tattoos are funny, man. I mean, they're great to get when you get them, but once you don't want them, you're stuck with it unless you're going to do something like this. Yeah, I mean that is. Wow. Well, as you would say, hey, good for you. Hey, good for you, Pete Davidson. Think of all the money he's, not that it matters, but think of all the money he spent on those tattoos. Yeah. And all the memories, and now he wants them gone, burned right off his body. Imagine poor Bob having the one on his stomach burned off. The one of a Bengal tiger with the boomer number seven. Yeah, doesn't it wrap around his, like, side, too? Yeah, I think so. Oof, that is rough. And Bobby's got a big Michael Jordan emblem on his back as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, the Jordan, you know, the Nike Air Jordan logo where he's in the air. I had no idea. Yeah. Has he always had that? Yeah, I think that might have been the first tattoo he got. No kidding. Yeah. So you really don't know someone. Right. I'm not sure how that came up, why I would know that. I certainly didn't see him with his shirt off. Wow. Okay. And his back. Very interesting. I still, my favorite tattoo that someone has that is iconic to me was the big blue dragon head on Ozzy Osbourne's chest, which I saw in 1982, 1983. And back then, everyone was like, this idiot, wait till he's like 70. 
Well, he's did, there. Did you ever think of getting one? <laughs> a big uh, blue dragon head? Yeah. I am. Because you were an Aussie fan. I loved Ozzy. No, it was cool back then, though, if you were an Ozzy fan. And what Ozzy had done, across his knuckles, he had Ozzy. O-Z-Z-Y. That is neat. That, that is cool. pretty cool. I like that. I was that. like, I should have got that. That would have well, been badass in, when I went on interviews. Dukes. What's that on your hand? Ozzy. No, you should have got Dukes. Don't get Ozzy. You're not Ozzy. Oh, just get Dukes instead. D-U-K-E. Yes. Oh, I could do it with all. I'd need, I would need my thumb as well. Well, so did I. Oh, because Ozzy was Ozzy a Y. Just, just, yep. Hmm. Ozzy with a Y, Jerry. That's pretty neat, though. I do like that idea. It's oh, pretty yeah, good. Oh, yeah, man. What about getting tat- tattooed on your one hand, tattoo the word love, and on the left hand, the word hate? fear? Love and hate, love and fear. Mm. Nah, I'm good. No, says no thanks. I'm not, I'm, you know what? As much There was a time I really did want to get a tattoo or two. Yeah. I just thought I'm 46 now. Whatever. Right. I mean, so it's over. It's not over. Just like you said, you're never. No, no. I'm saying like just how you said you're never going to go to Japan. You'll probably never go to Germany. You're not getting a tattoo now. I don't think it. so. I mean, could it? Yes. Could I? Yes. But I just don't see it. I, I seriously considered it for my 50th birthday, but I, I couldn't think of anything. I well, love and marriage. Love and marriage. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's an institute. Mm-hmm. Remember how there big that go. show was, uh, Married with Children? I do. It's still that on once in a while. huge. When I was going to Kane College, it had to be, so it had to be like, what, 88, 89? Right. Yeah. It was enormous. That's all I remember kids talking about prior to class. It is amazing how a show takes hold like that, isn't it? Yeah. And just takes off. It was risque back then. Yeah. I mean, it's... It was fun, too, and you watch it today, and it's like, my God, all this is not politically correct anymore. No, yeah, none of it would work today. You know, it's actually very funny. You know, it's funny is my son, you know, DVRing The Simpsons. It is hard <laughs> to believe that that has been on for 30 years. Yeah. 30 years, Al. That's not, you were 21. That's a lot of years. And they're yes. still making them. I remember when I, uh, me and my friend Paul went to see David Letterman many years ago. Right. And, and, uh. One of the guests that day was Matt Groening, is the guy who created The Simpsons, and it was he was like the last guest of the show, and we yeah. were like, who, who's this guy? Now look at him. What's he do? These cartoons? So that was like at the start of The Simpsons. Unbelievable what and that's turned got, into. Do you think he makes more than $100,000 a year? Probably, yeah. I'd say so. You would? I'd say so. I see Giannis is going to make $12,000 a minute this year. Giannis Tiantatapupo? Yes, him. <laughs> a minute. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. That's, That's not, not bad, Jerry. Bad. That is unbelievable. He makes a million dollars a week. <laughs> That's it's awesome. Terrible. If I ever went out with that guy, I'd be like, you're paying. Yes. You're footing the bill for this. I'm not even going to pretend to take out my wallet. Don't be cheap. Oh, how about this one real quick? Oh, oh. And then we'll get out of here. So uh, this, uh-huh. this one really freaks me out because this one doesn't make any sense to me at all, okay? And I, I, I know where it's coming from. It's got to be linked to the debit card purchase. Mm-hmm. So while I say I don't know, I do know. So I bought every year, you know, to throw in my wife's stocking. I always buy, you know, whatever, whether they're lotions or in this case I bought Burt's Bees for, the, you know, the lips, stuff like that. So I buy that at Target yesterday. And I open up my email today, and I have advertisements on the right for Burt's Bees at Target. Yeah. This is creepy, man. It's too much, Jerry. It is just insane. It really is. Take that phone and throw it right in the ocean. That's what I'm doing right after this. I'm going to walk my dog. I'm going to take my phone and wing it right in the ocean. Could you just do me a favor? Just text me your landline um, before you do that so I can get in touch with you if I need you later. Meanwhile, if someone mugged me and threw my phone in the ocean, I'd dive right in at 29 <laughs> degrees outside. I would not. I <laughs> no. think I'd be relieved. I'd be relieved. I'd See you later. Oh, I'd swim so out funny. there to get my phone. And then what would you do with it? It'd be ruined. And as uh, Nicole said uh, on Twitter today, we really should. Who do we talk to at CBS to get us on television? I don't know. Five There's, to six. You're going to tell me what they have is better than what we're doing? Oh, I'm not going to say that, Jerry. That's not coming out of my mouth. Oh, dude, come on. They're doing bull riding. Right. Bull riding. We're better. We are 100% better. And we'll, they could put bull ride, I could put bull riding green screen behind me so it'll, we could fool some of the bull riders, <laughs> bull riding fans. <laughs> Alan Jerry here, we're at the bull riding thing, but meanwhile, did you see Ben Roethlisberger? That would be tremendous. Yes, I think we need to get that done at some point.
All right, I don't cool, Jerry. I don't know how we haven't. Tomorrow is exciting. We've got a football Friday, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, we do Alan Jerry's Cool Games of the Weekend. That's how we normally start. Yeah. I will have live, a live song production for it. Really? I finally hit me. I was in the shower last night. I'm like, what a great song parody. So you're singing the song? I'm going to sing it to a karaoke bed. I like it. It'll be short, but it'll be tremendous. That's okay. So I'm in. I love set it. Set your alarms for 5 o'clock. I'm in. Ken I think well, 5 I mean, we come on. I think I'll be back in the studio tomorrow because I did yep. test negative for COVID. Okay, so good. I should be good to go. Excellent, Jerry. Then we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Enjoy. All right. So... I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Alan Jerry, no guests, no calls, and no real content. All right, 5.03, a Thursday morning, the first big storm of the winter season, sort of, depending upon where you are or where he is, is Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Not sure what they got there. We find out now. His name is Albert Henry Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. We got a lot of wind and a lot of rain and a little bit of a wintry mix, but uh, maybe some coatings on cars, but there's nothing in the streets, Jerry. It... uh the fence where I live has been destroyed. It, really? It was more like a hurricane down here, like a like a, or a tropical storm. Yeah, sure. And I saw the winds were snow. like 50 miles an hour. 50, Jerry, and I had to walk a dog. So How'd that go? Say, uh, not great. She turned around <laughs> and wanted to go back in. I was like, you've got to poop. We're <laughs> not your... going anywhere until we poop out here. But that's your dog. Like, Don't want to be out dog. in the bad weather. She, she did not want to be out. She doesn't like the wind right in her face, which I, is not great. Who does? Because, right, who does? So she tends to, we tend to walk with the wind at our backs, but eventually you've got to turn around and come home. But you got to come back. Be careful how far you go because you yes. do got to come back. You do have to come back, Jerry. So uh, what about where you live? You're in central Jersey, right smack in the middle of the state. If I threw a dartboard and threw it right in the middle of the state, I'd probably find your home. Well, I mean, I'm closer to the shore than I am or in the, the middle shore. of the state. But yes, middle in terms of uh, top to bottom. That is yeah. true. Um, it's okay. I mean, we got snow for sure. I went out last night because I wanted to go get, I can't, you know, Bob Dwyer cuts down trees for his fireplace and yeah. like, uses real firewood. I don't. Yeah, I use the Duraflame. Mm-hmm. So I went out to get one last night, and only me, I swear to God, I get there, and it was not an easy ride, even it was only a couple miles. It was bad. I mean, it was really slippery. Wouldn't you know I get there to realize as I'm walking in the store, I forgot my wallet. Ooh. Moron. My so wallet's com- gone. So I went home, and I didn't go back out. It was bad last night, and I actually shoveled a little bit, so it wouldn't be so bad this morning. I look out, not terrible. Not terrible, right? No. Right. Now, it's not done. They're saying snow until noon. Noon. That's what I. That's what CBS just showed. But it's not. You know, nothing that I expected. I expected it to be worse, and so I right. like when they. I like when they miss it and are wrong this way. Correct. I'm all right with that. All right, good, Jerry. It is uh, Thursday, so we have Thursday night football. Thank God. Two warm cities. While we sit here in the cold in the Northeast, you've got the Chargers versus the Raiders. Jerry, it's an old AFC West. But the game's inside. It's an old AFC West classic battle. Yeah, but it's not on grass. Dan Fouts leads his San Diego Chargers with Chargers Charlie stink. with Charlie Joyner and Wes Chandler. They don't play. Against Kenny Stabler's Raiders with Doesn't Dave play. Casper, Cliff Branch. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. And I was no, promised Kenny Stabler. Tonight. And no Henry Ruggs. Oh, he's out, the guy who caught the uh the, the Well, he's uh, on the COVID list. The COVID list? The guy had a game-winning catch against the Jets, then got COVID? He's on the COVID list. Hmm. He right. cannot play. Well, he played last week. Yeah. They You're right. Were, that, they ve- that Vegas stadium and the L.A. stadium, way too fake-looking. Yeah, well. The turf. Yes. The one thing I – so here's – we've talked about this before. So, like, the Falcon Stadium, to me, looks hideous. 
It looks yes. like I'm watching a black and white film from 1950. Correct. These stadiums are full of life and color. Yes. To a point where too much. But I will say the Raiders stadium, I love the dark seats. Like the silver. It's got that dark black feel. While the field is bright, I like the look of the stadium. I do think it's cool for your how do you say the Raiders? The Raiders. I think they did a good job trying to create that atmosphere. You're right, though. The Fal- watching a Falcons game or a Seattle Seahawks I can't watch game, it. T- like, someone turned the color up on this thing. It's visually not pleasing. Visually not pleasing, while tonight's game will be visually pleasing. Yes, it will look sort of fake, but yes, I do agree with you. I'm looking forward to that. I'm uh, hoping the char- I'm, I'm like I'm on Team Chargers right now. You can't like the Raiders because they're bad boys, Jerry. They're, they're, they want to be hated, and I like when the Raiders are hated, even though they're not really hated. You need now. to be good to be hated. Yeah, you got to be good to be hated. You got to have not. a couple of tool bags on the team. What are they, seven and six? Does that sound right? Not sure. <laughs> I did see. I follow this cool um, uh, feed called NFL Throwback. Okay. Uh, they post uh, NFL videos and things. They do a lot of like birthday shout outs, but they did a birthday shout out to uh, Howie Long, and then they show a highlight package. That guy was a badass. Yeah, he was, and now he's a pretty boy on TV. Well, he was a pretty boy back then, but he. What was funny too in the highlight package, he was drilling Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> then well, it was great because Howie Long played in that era where we're all, you know, we had a bunch of great quarterbacks as well. So he's drilling Boomer. Then on one play, he goes right up the middle and slams Jim Kelly. And Jim Kelly gets up and starts screaming at his of offensive course. lineman, like, bro, how would he get me killed? Right. No one. He came in untouched. Like, wh- whose assignment was Howie Long? He rolled right over a dude. Right. You know how they, they have they have a shadow for the quarterback? Yeah. In a lot of cases, depending upon who the quarterback. Like, Lamar Jackson yes. usually gets a shadow. Got a shadow. I would think if you were going up against Howie Long, Bruce Smith, just to name a couple, yeah. you probably identify those guys that you're going to make sure they're not left alone on any snap. Right. If not, double-team them. And here he comes right up the middle. Jim Kelly was barely even – up standing up and was screaming at his offensive lineman. Yeah, I believe it. Let's go. Very heated. That well, that's why they that's why Dan Marino gave his uh line uh, isotoner gloves. Isotoners. <laughs> now, he's a tough guy. This uh Howie Long, not a tough guy, Daniel Jones, Giants quarterback. Well, we don't I mean, know that yet. He might play Sunday. He's, he's not though. He's so fragile. He is fragile. If he were well, a box Jerry, it would say fragile. Well, on the side of it. Uh, it's a low ankle sprain. It's not a high ankle sprain, number one. That helps. That's his new injury. That's the new injury. The high ankle sprain. In- high ankle sprain. That would have been a problem. Got it. Yeah. No, it's a low ankle sprain. Oh, low ankle sprain. Yes. All so right. that helps. Like a high ankle sprain could sideline you for weeks. Oh. Low ankle sprain, mm, I don't know. The problem is if he goes out there, he's not going to be able to do what he does when he's 100%. And I don't know that 70% of Daniel Jones is better than... 100% of Colt McCoy, that's, which is not a great thing to say, by the way. Right. But I don't know. They, they, You've got a few games left. You've got the division in front of you. You can't lose these games. I know that's a big part of the Daniel Jones game, but it shouldn't be anymore. He clearly can't, he can't take the hits and not get injured. You know what I'm saying, Jerry? Like certain guys. Well, yeah. Like Patrick Mahomes runs, Deshaun Watson runs. These guys, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. These guys don't get hurt every week. Lamar Jackson's interesting because I remember hosting a show when the guys were out a couple of years ago, and I got into an argument with a listener that I said, I loved Lamar Jackson. I said, I'm just concerned he's not going to make it through seasons because he's going to get injured, and that's what's happening to Daniel Jones right now. Now, Jackson's done a good job of that, but, you know, when you run, you're going to get punished. I mean, that's the way it goes in this league. So, I don't know. And the hamstring is one thing. It's not like he broke his back. Not like the Lions Center who broke his throat. I mean, I never heard of that before. Yeah, um, that uh, – what is – I wrote down this fellow's Frank name. Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow. He's the Lions Center. Yeah. Fractured throat, Jerry. Did you read the story? Like he I told, did. That's really wild that he's telling Matthew Stafford, hey, listen, someone else got to call this stuff out because I can't talk. <laughs> he said he couldn't uh, with a fractured throat, which he says he doesn't know how he did it. I would think if I was involved in a play wherein my throat was fractured, I'd yeah. probably be like, that was that play where I got drilled in the throat. And I couldn't speak. Yeah, they say that he, right, he couldn't call out the plays. He he had no problems breathing, but he had a fractured throat. And he can eat, no problem. 
Yes. Which and is they interesting. Said that fractured throats, a very rare injury, they occur during car accidents or a phrase that I'm very familiar with watching murder mysteries on ID channel, blunt trauma. Yeah, I can imagine. Like so it's someone a karate mu- chop to your throat. Yeah, someone must have karate chopped his throat. Oh, you watched wrestling all those years. They yeah. used to karate chop to the throat all the time. All no, the time. No fractured throats. Zero. Those guys. Well, those guys do uh, throat uh, uh, exercises. Were they lifting weights? They strengthen their throats. Well, they put a dumbbell in their mouth. They put a dumbbell in their mouth, and then they do an up and down movement, and it's it strengthens their their throat so that they could take a Ric Flair chop right to the throat without fracturing it. I saw a little trailer for this Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, I feel like I'm interested in this. I'm not sure if I am or I'm not, but they were going over the fight scenes mm-hmm. with Wonder Woman and I guess whoever the antagonist is. I have no idea. The, the yeah, blonde know, woman, who, whoever. I don't, I don't know, know the Wonder Woman enemies. And they were talking about the girls were being interviewed, and they were talking about how they were not, because of the cinematography, they had to, when they threw the punches, get as close as they could and then either hold back or kind of skim and miss. And they were talking about how difficult it was and how many times they didn't miss. <laughs> and they had, they had to stop the production for a moment and apologize to each other. Because oh, sorry, Wonder hitting, Woman. <laughs> they kept hitting each other in the face by mistake. Yeah. It's actually funny. <laughs> yeah. I would think that happens a lot in Hollywood, doesn't it? Uh, I would think so in fight scenes. Uh, it has yeah, to. Definitely. Those and old, in wrestling. Those old Steven Seagal movies? Yes. I mean, come on. Well, who was the other guy? Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Who was the one that hung up on uh, Boomer and Carton? Was it? Steven Seagal. It was Steven Seagal. Where he's like, yeah. he's out, right? In a world or whatever? Yeah, in a world. Noah's a great move always in the Steven Seagal movies. I liked any time he was fighting somebody in a, a like a, a bar that had a had a billiards tables. He would he would grab some sort of like pool stick. No, well he did do the pool stick moves, but then he would grab like like a bar towel, like a hand towel. Oh, and wrap He'd... the balls in it. <laughs> he wraps some billiards balls in it and <laughs> smack guys right in the face with it. <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, I did enjoy his movies. They were very <laughs> Me good. Too. He they was a good. great actor, Jerry. I'm surprised he never won any awards. Yeah, well, I mean, the movies were all the same. Oh, right. He you know? would fist. For, he would just go in and man, he would like break a guy's arms, bend them the right way. It looks I wish so much I learned fun, that. doesn't it? Yeah, I wish my parents put me in the jujitsu or something when I was a kid. You're not too old. Go learn. But I'll be in there with all the little kids. No, you take adult courses. I've told you this. Or you can go get private lessons. You got more money than God. You invested in Bitcoin. Go get some private lessons. But you, yeah, it would be very powerful to feel yes. like, like if I were to walk up onto a group of teens, which I'm afraid of at this point in my life, to be like I could take on like six teens and feel confident that you're going confident. to be fine. That'd be just bending back their arms in funny ways and throwing them. Now you then, also go to jail if you do that to teens, but. I get your point. I mean, like 18, 19. Oh, okay, got it. No, you're right. I'm afraid of 15-year-olds, 14-year-old teens. Any right. any groups of teens I'm not interested in. My God, you have, right now you have Twitter muscles. Could yeah. you imagine yourself with, like, real confidence in the right. real world? I'd just be walking with my chest out. Come at me, teens. I know jujitsu, <laughs> Hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> that would be too funny. Throw you right over around. my shoulder. You would actually take Chop. your shirt off. Right, I take my shirt off. I would, I would go for. Uh, I try to fracture throats like uh, Agnow. What's his name? Ragnow. Ragnow. That sounds like a, a character from like, a, like a, one of those warlock movies. Right, Ragnow. Ragnow. I might, you know, it might have actually been. Yeah, Ragnow. I think is a character. I think so. I mean, I know we are, we're not exactly up on all this movie watching like Evan is I these days, not. but oh, I do feel like that's a that's a character somewhere. Let me Google Ragnow. Do you think the Lion Center comes up or a character from? Well, America? I think it will because it's a new, it's a newsy story right now. It is a newsy story. Uh, yeah, it all, it all comes up just him. But yeah, but put a put in Ragnow superhero. Ragnow movie. Mm-hmm. Try that. Mm-hmm. Nope, nothing comes up. No, There's no Ragnow. That's why Ragnow I said character. movie character. Uh, character. This is awesome. We're googling live. Yep. While you, you do you're that. You're looking live as I Google. Nope, still nothing. All right. Well, maybe there's not. Um, on the other side, I want to mention to you Sammy Hagar. 
Oh, I love Sammy Hagar. I watched. Uh, you ever watched the big interview with Dan Rather? No, I don't know what that is. That's I on Access TV. I would and love he, to. He, he's good. He's, he does all these interviews with celebrities. Yeah. Um, and last night, I got it right at the beginning. It was from 2017, I think. It was Sammy Hagar. A couple of things really caught my ear and eye. So we'll discuss that, and Al's got a whole bunch of other stories as well. We're just getting started. It's the warm-up show on a snowy Thursday. Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Alan Jerry, now offering contact-free delivery. Hi, 25 after 5, Thursday morning. I hope you didn't get too much snow where you are, Alan Jerry, till the top of the hour. Before we get back to the quote-unquote sports, just real quick, as you can hear Sammy Hagar in the background, yeah. well-timed, Al. The Red Rocker, Jerry. So I wa- it was interesting. I watched him with Dan Rather last night. Again, it was three years ago that this was taped, but I thought it was really cool watching him a he seems like such a happy dude and and why not yeah but number one now he has a book out i guess or i guess at the time did did you read it i actually did read it i read it when i went to italy i like to bring a book with me jerry on long flights and boring places like italy i found it fascinating and i guess it's in the book and i i literally mean fascinating as i'm watching it as he was talking about all the sexcapades he had yes while on tour he's talking about it with dan rather Mm-hmm. And at one point, I mean, Rather looks just so embarrassed. He's like, hey, Dan, you asked. <laughs> right. It, it was amazing as he goes into, and I guess I've always thought this, but it's weird to hear someone just come out bluntly and say it, where he talked about how for about an eight-year period or a 10-year period, how he was so addicted to sex that he would, during shows, when when um, Eddie Van Halen would go into his riffs, he knew he would have 9 to 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes, and he would point out which girls he was interested in. And every concert, he had a room. And then he would go under the stage and do what he ever had to do. And then he'd come back out to sing. And then he'd have girls waiting for him at the hotel. It was unbelievable listening to him. It was kind of like not a shock, but yet, I don't know, just hearing it was just crazy. Yeah, I have heard him recount this story a number of times on Howard Stern over the years. It was indeed in the book. And, uh, yeah, that's what he said. Right under the stage, uh, Eddie Van Halen would go into eruption. He'd run under. Unbelievable. Make whoopee and then head right back out on stage and play I Can't Drive 55. And then he would talk about how he'd get back to the room. It was interesting, too, that... He was never really into the drinking or the drugs for the most part. He had very good self-control with that, but with sex, he had no self-control. Right, that was his addiction. And he said girls would they somehow would figure out what room he was in, and the, they'd knock on the door at 5 a.m. He'd roll over and say, eh, "Why not?" <laughs> figure it out. He probably put a big, uh, probably put a big sign in the uh, lobby. Hi, I'm Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I guess. I'm in and, room 69. And he was really, and I'm sure, again, it's probably in the book. And i got to read this thing. It's a good I, book. I good feel book. I feel like you told me about this, and I never yeah. got it. Um, just talking about the reunion tour and how, what a mess that was. And it was, mm-hmm. i tell you, if you like Van Halen, he talked a lot about David Lee Roth. It was really interesting. And then he got into his car collection, which is amazing. He's got 17 cars. And he took Dan Rather in his $3 million Ferrari, I think it was, and it's more like a spaceship. And Rather looks like almost frightened as he's hitting like you know 90 miles an hour up the street. <laughs> that dude's like 70 now, Sammy Hagar, not Dan Rather. Sammy Hagar is like 70 years old. Sammy Hagar is 73 now. 73? And Dan Rather is 89. You're right. I follow him on uh, Instagram, Sammy Hagar. Guy is loving life. Yeah. He's got a great family. He he still plays rock and roll music, enjoys what, a drink. What's not to love? Food. I mean, that guy's living it up. Right? You see all these people who are very successful that are miserable. He this guy's not. not one of them. He is loving life. So I guess he opened up bars. Because I, I, I was at Cabo Wabo in um, Cabo San Lucas, got 15, 20 years ago, I guess now. Awesome place. 
And I guess he's oh he's got the tequila, and I guess he opened up places in Hawaii too. That nice. sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah, this guy's got this guy's doing it right, Jerry. Got to go on a business trip, heading to Hawaii. <laughs> Not everything is uh, fun, though, Jerry. the The Rams are favored by seventeen points <laughs> Who are over they your now? <laughs> New York Jets. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. The Jets do have, not only can they go 0-16, Jerry, which they join very few uh, teams in that company, they have a chance right now to break the record for the worst point differential in NFL history. Right now, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. They sit at minus 210. Okay. All right. Uh, The 1976 Buccaneers, who were then an expansion team, sat at minus 287. So, with three games left, the mm. Jets need to lose by a total of 78 points. No, I don't that's not going to happen. That's an average of minus 26 points a game. Yeah, I, uh, that's not going to happen. You don't, I don't think it's going to happen either. I I'm don't. Gonna, I'm rooting for it, though, Jerry. I love to see records being broken. Yeah, I know. But that, I remember when the, when the New Jersey Nets at the time started out, what were they, 0 and f- I forget what they were, 0-12, 2010 or 11, whatever year it was, they started out 0-a lot. And I remember watching it like it was miserable. And I remember Craig every day, awesome, keep losing, be historic. I'm like, no, there are certain things you don't want to be a part of. You don't want to be the team that's got the biggest point differential in that direction. Right. Now, if you are winning, you want to set the record for biggest point differential, that's fine. You're a plus 300, great. You're a power. You go down, you go down in history as a laughing stock. I mean, 0-16 is bad enough. Do you need that too? Going 0 16 and have the biggest point differential in NFL history. Yeah, no, right. I, I, I don't want to be. If I'm a Jet or a Jet fan, I don't want to be. Listen, you're going to go 0 16. You're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Let's leave it at that. It's enough. Just leave right there and all's good from there. So don't yes. lose by more than. They just can't lose by more than 26 each game. They're not going to because Bill Belichick's probably going to let them win week 17 so they that can That would be screwed. so awesome. <laughs> That will be awesome. Now, they do not score a lot of points, these Jets. They've gotten they weeks don't. with no points or three points. Yeah, no, they're, they're not good. They so are not, not good. good. A team, though, in the AFC East, Jerry, that is good, which makes me think of the 90s era football, is the Buffalo Bills. They can clinch the AFC East for the first time since 1995. Yeah. Now, when was 1995? Well, that was 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Cowboys won the Super Bowl. They beat uh, they beat the they Steelers beat the in Glendale, oh. Arizona. Oh yes, that was the Larry Brown game. Right, I re- actually recall that's a Super Bowl I actually recall watching. It was a bad. It was not a good Super Bowl. It was not. It was I didn't think so. I didn't think the Cowboys played well, and I thought the Steelers pretty much gave them the game. Hmm. Neil O'Donnell, the mix-ups with his wide receivers, two bad right. interceptions. But now was- we got the Bills. But now you got the Bills. The yes. Bills are back, baby, 1990. I love when the Bills are – here's how I like to be involved in playoffs. Buffalo Bills, Oakland Raiders, or wherever they're playing now, Las Vegas Raiders. These are teams I like to see in the mix that have not been in the mix in a long time. Well, the Bill, uh, the Raiders have, but the Bills have not. So I'm excited. I want to break out my 1995 Bills starter jackets. You had Bill's starter jacket? No, I had a Cowboys starter jacket. Oh, I did I have a Buffalo say, Bill's Lord. sweatshirt, though, because I like How they logo. played him in the Super Bowl two years in a row. Well, I was, I mean, much younger. Oh. I, used to, I, I still like. OJ liked, Simpson Bill's? No, no, no. Like, uh, the Bill's I liked were Joe Ferguson Bill's when he was the quarterback. I, I don't think OJ was on that team anymore. Fair enough. If you're a but, Bill's fan, though, you got to be like, this is the year you finally win the division right. and we can't go to the games? Right. Like, imagine if they were at that game where they beat just beat the Steelers. The guys would have been being thrown through tables, caught on fire, yeah. in wrestling masks. I forgot where I heard. I don't know if it was Craig. I, don't know, I heard it somewhere where they were like, you know, can you at least give us the atmosphere and have a, uh, a stadium employee throw some marital aids onto the field? Right. <laughs> marital aids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That's what Joe called them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Remember when Bills fans, they would just throw marital aids on the field? <laughs> yes. against, yes. It was a, mainly against the Patriots, right? <laughs> yes, they were throwing them at Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Marital aids. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, there's no feel to it. It's, you know, like 
you know, Cincinnati this weekend was neat because while there weren't many fans, there were fans there, and there was a feel to it. These games have no – like, was it Brady that said when they went and played the Giants, when the Bucks played the Giants? Maybe it was Gronk. One of them was like, it was just weird because they're playing in front of fans in Tampa. Yes. And then you go into this massive stadium, which is nothing, and it just feels like practice. Practice. Right. Just right. strange. So for the Bills fans, enjoy it. It's going to look great on TV. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. But if you're a yep. season ticket holder, you're sick that you're missing this season. Right. So what are you going to do? That's let 2020. Them, let them break protocols. That's what I say, Jerry. Uh, one team that did break protocols. Boy, I'm killing it with the, the segues Houston today. Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, Jerry. Uh, they gathered, and the NFL is looking into this. Uh, Texans players showed up at Deshaun Watson's new restaurant. Yeah, I don't care for this, actually. So uh, it's a cheesesteak franchise called the Lefties. Yes. And Deshaun Watson purchased one, I guess, in the Houston area there. Now, Deshaun Watson said that they did wear masks. They stayed six feet apart. And so he what's said, right? So that's, that's, that's fine then. And he's saying, what's the difference between... He said people were just coming in and out and getting food, which is allowed. I don't under I I understand the NFL being safe. No question about it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not... That's all good. But if you are following the rules, and I don't mean the NFL rules, I mean you're stay you're staying distanced. Not to mention you have the mask on, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I don't know. The I see the protocols is you're not allowed to gather in more than groups of three, yet you huddle up in a group of eleven on every play without a mask. <laughs> like I hadn't, thought, hadn't thought of it that way. Like come on, like literally we huddle up in groups of eleven with yeah. no mask on, breathing on each other. And I whisper the plays to you, but. You can't go out and do something like this, especially if the video footage or, or photos show that you're keeping your distance and you're wearing the mask. Like, there's got to be some common sense as well. Like, don't find them for this or suspend them for this. Why would Deshaun Watson want to get involved in a cheesesteak place in the middle of his career? Post-playing career financial security. I financial don't know. security? I don't know. You're asking now, me a question. I don't know. Well, why do? Well, how come? If how come a billionaire keeps investing to make more money? That's a good question as well. I don't have the answer. Oh, sorry, Jerry. The Red Rocker's back. Hold on. I can't drive. Fifty-five. He also said that's that's the uh, he still makes the most money from that song. I can't drive fifty-five. Yes, it's a quality song. My so computer can... screen went dead, and when I went to wake it up, it played the song. Nice. Well, why did you do this? Get your computer settled. We're gonna take a break. On the other side, you're going to rock it out with a new song, and I am looking forward to it. It's what new song? From Train. You want a Train song? I got no, a good Train care. song. No, you play I'm whatever you want. For you. I'm going to a Train song, Jerry. You, if you want Train, I don't, Jerry, it doesn't really matter. Seems That's like just, you really want it, which just popped into my head. Okay, um, you got it, Jerry. So Al will work on that. We will work on paying some bills and all that good stuff, and then Boomer and Geo coming up six o'clock oh, yeah. right here on the fan. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Alan Jerry now offering curbside delivery. I feel we'll tra- like we just played that one. We'll train for you, Jerry. Come on, yes. rock it out. This is the one of the rockers. Yeah. This is when they're trying to to rock you out. I mean, it's a poppy song. I don't know. This is a rocking song. <laughs> this this is what they got, Jerry. This is the rocker, and, uh, and they're good, but they are a poppy band. Yeah, I these would- are the uh, these are the other songs I was going to come back with. Drops of Jupiter? No, this is Cab. Just listen to the first line, Jerry. It's so fitting for today. All right. Listen, ready? Here we go. Coming at you. Sleepy douchey. Sleepy douchey. <laughs> Sleepy douchey. Sleepy douchey. I don't know if Train is that. I don't, I don't think Sleepy that's Sleepy douchey? Fair. No, I don't think so. It's not fair, and I will not stand for it. No. But that, it sleepy was very douchey. No. Sleepy douchey. Zip, listen, go away. <laughs> Google <laughs> dolls are sleepy douchey. sleepy douchey. Right, to him. And I, I understand where he's, when he, where he's coming from with certain bands. Right. I would not put Train in that category. Me neither. How dare you? Exactly. 
All right, Jerry, what else do I have here Sleepy for you Sleepy Douchey oh, Festival. Oh, you said it too? The Sleepy Douchey Festival? I saw a great thing on Twitter yesterday, which is right up my alley. Uh, the Spring Lake Police Department put out a thing. They are now accepting applications for Special Officer Class 1 for the summer of 2021. Go for it. You got nothing to do after 10 a.m. You have to be 18 or older now. I've seen these folks patrolling the beaches. They're kids. They're all 18-year-old kids. Right. Could you imagine me as 51-year-old yes. rolling up there? Yeah. I'd get to wear a shirt that says police. I'd be on a bike or patrol. I probably don't get a gun. But I could call in police if there's a problem. You don't think you get a gun, really? No. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, I'm thinking gun. of applying for this. I'm off the air by it's a little bit deep in this. I'm off the air by 10, the podcast. by I could be down there by 11, patrolling the beach. You could legit work 11 to 7 every day. And then, because I always wanted to be a private investigator as well, which you can't get licensed for in New Jersey unless you have some sort of police experience, this is my ticket in. Hold on. Uh, Can I ask uh, you a serious question? Uh, you, you might not get home, though, from the city until like, you know, Do you really well, ever anticipate coming into work again or no? Oh, I thought I was working from home here on out. I mean, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure if you want to take a pay cut, they'd be happy to have mm. you stay home every uh, day. Take a pay cut, stay home, and then get paid by the police, which yes. I'm sure is very the, minimum wage here because it's you don't get it Well, it I think you would demand a higher salary. True. Because you're a sleuth. No, you, I probably wouldn't be able could, to get uh, it. You could be the sheriff in charge of all the kids. <laughs> of all the kids? Yeah. <laughs> I think you get a bike to to patrol the beach. I, I would ask for a stun gun. I know they won't give me a real gun, but if I could stun gun... Troublemakers on the beach. Plus, Spring Lake has rarely has a, any troublemakers. It's the perfect place to be in the police. Why don't you see? Why don't you want to do this in Bradley Beach to protect? Well, your I home? Didn't, they, they don't seem to be recruiting people. Well, why don't you bring that ad to them and say, <laughs> "What are we doing?" I say, "Why don't can I start this and yes. I could recruit my own police?" You're tight with the mayor, Al. I am founding member. Hmm. Now you're talking, Jerry. Bradley head Beach on Patrol to the Bradley Beach Patrol because I think this would be perfect for me. I have I, I would uh, when I would be walking around Spring Lake with Gina, I'd and I'd see these like super young kids in police uniforms. I'd be like, how do I get to do this? Well, now you know. Now I have the answer. Now, now you have to put a resume together for this. It's an application, Jerry. Okay. I'll say you may know me as WFAN's Al Hughes Dukes. I'm ready to be your police officer. Now, what if they say, "Who are you, sir?" Just a just a young man looking to help out. <laughs> you <laughs> might have heard of say. the Michelob bottle beer caper. Yeah, I'm sorry. We've solved the Michelob bottle caper here. <laughs> Maybe you guys heard of that. Have they been back? I have not seen, and I do patrol the area. I've I know you anything. do. I'm well aware. How about this Bruce Arians, Jerry? He goes, yesterday, I don't know why anyone's criticizing Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> because he, you do. <laughs> right, and it reminded me of that commercial. Uh, that PSA from back in the day when it was like a PSA for fathers about how to act in front of your kids because the kid in the commercial would say, I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> remember that one? I don't remember that, no. Eddie, do you remember that? Maybe it was older than I do remember it. Right, so it was like some sort of, of a commercial, a PSA about being a good father. Okay. And that what you do, your kids see. So when the father's yelling at the kid for doing something and the father goes, where did you learn that? He goes, I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> so that's what we learned it from, Bruce Arians. We learned it from you, Dad. You and, were cracking Tom Brady all first half of the season. And did you see those two were supposed to play golf the other day, and they weren't allowed? Yeah, the COVID let them, COVID protocols. Again, I mean, they're standing on the sidelines all game. They're in you, meeting rooms all week together. You, you ever play golf with someone? You don't get anywhere near the person. Nowhere near them. And, I'm, and I say that from the standpoint of I guarantee you – they're probably not in golf carts. They're probably playing at courses where you walk the course, and you're not, you're not anywhere near the person. Are there certain bougie golf courses where you're not allowed to use a cart? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they do for really old people, rich, really rich old people. Who <laughs> they go find golf. another course. Oh. Now, most are allowed, but there are places where you have to walk the course. I've been to a few that. of them. I, see I went people... with one. I went and played with Mike, uh, with Francesa and Russo. Back in the day. Just the three of you? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, it was not the three of us. Had to have was, a foursome, right? I'm, I don't know who the fourth was. It wasn't Carlin. I don't remember who it was, to be honest. 
but I played with hmm, it's a good question. Down here in New Jersey, there's a course that we played at and no carts allowed. We got caddies, which was great, but you couldn't ride on the course. Who's I played with the... Boomer and Carton too at um oh, what was the name of it? I forget where. We played at a place where we had a walk. They're bougie, as uh, as you like to use that yeah, word. Yeah, I've been places where I've seen people riding uh, the golf carts all over the place. I'm like, this can't be good for the greens. Most do allow it. That is very true. Most allow the carts, but there are some that don't. Who is a better golfer, golfer, Mike or the Mad Dog? Um, when, you, when you went, do you recall one being much better than the other? I've seen them both play well, but I've seen I've played. See, I've only played with Mike. I think that one time. Um, and he, he played well that day. I've played with Chris, I want to say, two or three times, and I've seen him consistently play well. I would say Chris is probably the better golfer. Okay, and we know when you went with Boomer and Craig, Boomer was by far the Boomer's better Boomer's tremendous. Greg is, uh, Craig is really good, as he has said. The first few holes, he's good. I mean, mm-hmm. he can go out and make par the first four holes. But then the phone rings. Then he gets bored. I'll never forget, we went to Arizona. And he wants food. And you actually came with us. I came for the enjoyment of watching the chaos. And I remember him saying, we went with Joe Beningo and his wife. Yes. And we were going to play. Beautiful course. Yes. Now, we went, and he even told Joe, listen, I'm good for nine. That's it. And Joe said, no problem. We'll play. Play nine, and then me and my wife will play the other nine. We'll get our 18 and whatever. And I'll never forget, things were going fine. We get to the fourth (laughs) tee, and he looks at me, and he goes, "Mm, I've had enough. All right, see you guys. Like, where are you going? <laughs> we out of here, Jerry. And that was it. We played three holes. And he was our ride, so it was like, okay, let's go. That was disappointing. That was a nice yeah. course. I remember a beautiful course with cacti and everything on it. It was great. It wasn't Mark, hot out. Mark on Twitter says, the I learned it from you, Dad. It was a Say No to Drugs commercial. Son, uh, where did you learn to do drugs? I learned it by watching you, Dad. Wow. Okay, so I don't remember do that. I wonder when that was. Probably the 70s. Well, I suppose. I wouldn't remember the 70s. That's possible. But I feel like that's something I should remember, but I don't. Did you hear the big announcement yesterday on the Carton and Robert show? that uh, I did. Craig's son, Sonny, and uh, Chris Russo's son, Colin, are going to do a two-hour show on uh, December 30th. 30th. December 30th. They're taking uh, two to four away from... uh, Carton and Roberts. Yep. They'll be off completely. But uh, uh, Russo called in yesterday. They're very excited. Russo doesn't want to give them any help whatsoever. He I wants thought that them. was awesome. He's Yeah, Craig's like, well, maybe we'll come in. We'll we'll, we'll introduce them on the air. Russo's like, no, they're, with the, you're throwing them in. If they can swim, they can swim. If they can't, they can't swim. Right. Go I drown. Good attitude. luck. <laughs> right. Because Craig said, oh, they'll do an hour. And then if things are going well, we'll give them a second hour. No, they're doing two hours. And if they struggle, they struggle. <laughs> Not to mention Chris is on his show at that time, too. He's competing <laughs> against them, Jerry. Yes. And uh, and Jerry's son is going to be doing updates. No, and my cousin's going to be running the board. No, oh, well, I got to get somebody in here to screen the phone calls. Don't start rumors. Whimsy. So, yeah, no, good for them. That's I'm awesome. I'm looking forward to that. It wasn't exactly the announcement I was expecting. Oh, I yeah. thought there was like a new – it was presented that there was a new show coming to the right. station that I thought was going to be starting in January. Right. So I was curious. It's a one-off this Yes, week. exactly, which is cool, very cool. It's a fun um, holiday week alternate programming. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. And I, I look forward f- to watching it or listening to it. I also found out that Sonny is Basketball Jones, who I'd never who I I know, know that I heard before. Craig say that. <laughs> I always hear him referencing his source, Basketball Jones, and I find out it's his son. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yes. So, all right, one final break, then we'll get you to Boomer and Geo at the top. Right now, a Radio.com Sports Minute. Amy Lawrence on what's happening with the Rockets. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, Daniel Jones banged up a little bit further. The Jets are 17-point underdog. Knicks won a preseason game last night. What else you got, Al? I found the audio of the PSA, Jerry. So the father finds drugs in the kid's room, and this is what happens. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. 
See, don't do drugs. <laughs> if you do drugs, your father. If you're if you're a father and you do drugs, then your kids see you do it. They think it's all right. Right. Well, and you're a big influence on your children. Right. So well, you're Bruce not. Because you don't. I mean, you're an influence on your dog at this point. But that's about barely. It. She barely is influenced by me. Right. So pretty when much. Bruce Arian says, "Why are you criticizing Tom Brady?" We learned it from watching you, Dad. Right. But you keep doing that Dad part. He doesn't say, "I learned it from watching you, Dad." <laughs> That's how I remember. You he kind said of I learned added it from that. watching you. And it said it was from the 80s. I should remember that. I don't. Yeah, PSA from the 80s. Mm, yeah, that's a bad one. Listen to the fan in the nighttime. Coming up tonight at 7, right after Corton and Roberts. Evan sticks around to host our Brooklyn Nets season preview. 